Take off your panties and wax up your galoshes. It's time for Bomber. Welcome to this week's episode of Bombers. I am your host, Piddle. With me, I have Deg, bomber number five. Oh, Spiegel, that was way better than the first time that we threw out. I agree, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, and it was still pretty uh, terrible, but Spiegel. No, I loved it. Also here, he, he gave you that wonderful intro. I put a lot of work into these intros, you know? I don't just, like, you saw me take a bump off my car key before we got going. Like, you know, let's do this. I'm ready to go. Fired up. It only took him 50 Panties takes. Panties off. After the uh, vocal workout you just gave, I'm surprised you're still talking. And I'm your host. All I do is talk now because because I, I work with Piddle now, and all I have to do is talk. I, I talk to him all day. I'm like, Piddle, you're doing this wrong. Piddle, you're doing that wrong. Piddle, go get me coffee. Piddle, go buy me a sandwich. Piddle, uh, suck up to the boss more. Piddlerella, Piddlerella. I am the boss of this podcast. <laughs> I am the host. Bomber number two. The only instance where number two comes before number one. I want to throw up. <laughs> and the only instance where n- number two equals piddle. All right. That is backwards, Dag, isn't it? Can you get us started with our, our bombtastic news? I, I would love to move us on to the bombtastic news. Uh, housekeeping first. As always, Discord link is in the description of this episode. Please join us. We talk about um, basically the same things that we talk about in that intro, honestly. Uh, we have our uh, Twitter at this is bombers tweet at us i don't know how twitter works we have our gmail this is bombers at gmail.com gmail at us i also don't know how gmail works we have the twitch the only thing that i know how it works because i'm running it for uh streaming video games and uh i guess i don't actually know very much how that works um you're getting viewers you're doing something right (laughs) we got some viewers we have our game club on the discord that's awesome we are just now going to be announcing the winners for November's uh, votes for the game that we're playing in November, so look forward to that on the Discord. We have our album of the day, which currently we're on a break, but that'll be coming back next week. Also really love that. Mm, that's it. Bombastic news over. I uh, oh. sped through that faster than Zyber does. That, yeah, that was, a, that was a tight minute. Uh, good. So that was a good minute. Um, hopefully in the future, everyone can just know that Bombastic News is one minute, so they can just skip right past it and get to the goods. And uh, the goods this week, uh, guys, include, as you mentioned, Deg, our Game Club nominations. Now, by the time that you guys are hearing this episode, we've already decided what November's game is. However, as we are recording this, we have just learned the final list of nominees. So let's go ahead and read them off, because there's nothing better than a historically relevant piece of content such as this that will literally be obsolete before anyone even listens to the podcast. The nominees are... Piddle, go ahead. Because I know you're ready to read that. I don't have them up. The nominees are... The nominees are... I don't have them up at all. Deg, read the nominees. The nominees that we have for November are Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, the DS game. Control, the game that's on a lot of different systems. Resident Evil Remake, which is on even more systems. The Bouncer, which is only on one system. Bioshock, 
Uh, I don't know if that's the original or the remake. We'll figure it out if it wins. Hold Donkey on. Kong 64, there's which a, is bi- wait, there's on a the remake N64. of Bioshock. What are you what is what are you talking about? The HD remake, yeah. That's not HD it's remake. Not it's, Bioshock is already you, in yeah, HD. There is an H. There's an HD re-release of Bioshock. No, it's, it's a it's, thing that exists. No, it's already in HD. It's yes. a game that already exists. No, there's an HD re. We'll no, talk there, about this no, later. The other game is Persona. F- Persona 4 Golden, which is also a remake or a re-release or whatever, and Psychonauts, which aren't they making a Psychonauts 2? Is that, is that still a thing that's happening? They it are. Is. It's it's hmm. supposedly coming out on PS5, right? But now that Tim Schafer is owned by Microsoft, is that still a thing that's happening? I assume the licensing deal is already signed. Yeah, those contracts are, are ironclad, probably. Yeah. Over under Tim Schafer with Double Fine at Microsoft. Four and a half years. I love this question. Under. And I love your line because that is difficult. Uh, I, I don't know. Tim Schafer has a little bit of a history with Microsoft because didn't he, didn't he and Double Fine make that Once Upon a Monster game, that Sesame Street game for Connect like 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they've worked together. Yeah. Um, but, but did they part on good Brutal terms? Legend, too. Was Brutal but Legend did Microsoft on- own him? No, but let's be honest. Nobody can own Tim Schafer except Microsoft. They Doug, just, what do you think? I, I have to. I think it's going to be. You said four and a half years. Over under. I'm going under. Ah, uh, I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. Tim Schafer's been with Double Fine for Ooh. quite a long time. I mean, it's is it really Double Fine? It's like Lock Socks. Once Tim Schafer leaves Double Fine, is it really Double Fine anymore? I mean, That's once true. Kojima leaves uh, Konami, is it really Konami anymore? Well, no, but once I, Kojima any big owns name person Kojima Productions. If Kojima leaves Kojima Productions, right. is it Kojima Productions anymore? Well, yeah, it's like any big name person leaving any thing that they've been associated with. Is it still a thing without them? I mean, technically yes, but also kind of no. So, is id Software even id Software? Exactly. Is Nintendo Nintendo without Miyamoto? Uh. No, yeah, kind of. That, that's a, that's an interesting one. With as long as he's been associated with the company, I think there's enough other people with similar mindsets that without him, it's still Nintendo. I'm gonna break the tie and say under. I agree yeah. with Deg. Thank you. Okay, I, I think I think four years. Tim Schafer says that was yeah, about. I'm, I'm not doing this. That was where I was drawing my line. The fact that you put it to four and a half years, I think it's going to be about four years roughly that he's going to make it i mean i hope that you guys yep. are right i i hope that we're able to see tim schaefer games on on multiple platforms in the future because tim schaefer is one of the still most creative minds in the game industry i mean you see it even when he's making a sequel like psychonauts it looks like 10 times as crazy as the original game so i hope psychonauts 2 is good and i hope that tim schaefer and uh microsoft have a terrible relationship that results in the splintering of of the uh of their business relationship and uh, we get Tim Schafer games everywhere. One other game club game I want to talk about real quick. The Bouncer, PlayStation 2. Never heard of it. What is there it to is talk a, about? With the ba- up. Everyone knows about The it, Bouncer, Dag. Everybody. What, what is wrong with you? Dag, I have been just, living under a rock. Just for reference, it's a 3D beat-em-up okay. uh, developed by Squaresoft. Okay. <laughs> And so so it's got, you know, main character, spiky hair, all that. Yeah. Squaresoft. 
how long to beat this game? What do you guys think? So I'm PS2. taking this from the HLTB website. So like full time, full playthrough, like 100% completion or just main story type stuff? How long to beat just bare minimum main story? It's going to be like five, six hours, maybe. Like, and that's stretching it. I'm going to go on the low side of things and say two and a half hours, 2.5 hours. Would you believe it is only one and a half hours long? I am yeah, changing I my vote. Uh, and yes, I do believe that because here's the thing. It's a 2000 era beat em up. Yeah. Which are games that are designed to be played over and over and over again. You know, typically for completionist's sake, they're incredibly difficult. And it's probably a scenario in which you have a certain number of lives. And if you lose them all, you have to go back to the beginning of the game. I would imagine. I know nothing about the bouncer. I was being facetious earlier if you couldn't figure that out, dear audience. For a completionist, it is 7 hours, 20 minutes average. So that would mean that you would have to play the bouncer four times, pretty much. Roughly. Yeah. To complete it. Yuck. You don't even know if it's good or not. Multiple endings? (laughs) I remember the reviews. They were not very positive. And I've seen footage of it before. It's very... It has this jank look to it. It's an early PS2 game. They're all jank. Multiple endings. In one ending, you get into the club. In another ending, the bouncer kills you. In a third ending, the bouncer turns out to be your brother, your long-lost brother. And in the last ending, the bouncer kills everybody and gets abducted by aliens. Yes. I think I'm going to need to change my vote for this game because now I need to know. Isn't there a secret hidden ending where you make out with a bouncer and live a happily fulfilling life until your late 80s? That's a post credit scene. Oh, that's what that is. Setting up the sequel. So let's oh, move it on. Can't wait for the Bouncer 2 on PS5. It, what, if oh, they announce the Bouncer 2 move on. on PS5 at E3 next year, I think we all should win like just treasure chests full of gold coins. Because they'll just was... give us one free copy of Bouncers 2. Yeah, at least that. To split among all of us. Just one copy for the group. They'll cut it into thirds or fourths if they really want Zyber to be involved. But really, he's not involved in this podcast. Well, if you're interested in playing the Bouncer, which will surely be our November Game Club Game of the Month, join us on the Discord. Join I'm the bored. Game Club. I'm bored of this conversation. Let's move on. You didn't even need to say that because I was already moving on. Well, I this felt week, like I really needed to say it, though. My panties are flying back releases. onto my body. Yeah. <laughs> this week's game releases. October 27th, we have The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 coming to PlayStation 4. October Does 29th. It, hold on, hold on. I want to say something about this one. Go for it. Does anybody feel like they released the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel games like faster than any human being could possibly play them? Because these games are like hundreds of hours long and they're like, I'm pretty sure they're like tactical strategy RPGs or something like that. I don't think they're, I could be wrong, but uh, it just feels like one comes out every year and it's just, it's too much, man. I can't just play hardcore RPGs all year. Wasn't this one of your, like, is this a real game title thing for one of the games that we played yeah. on one of the episodes we played the ago? We played the good game name or the bad game name game, and Tr- Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel definitely made an appearance. Uh, I We didn't get Piddle's opinion. Piddle, 
Is Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel a good game name or a bad game name? Bad. Yep. I think so, too. It, it tells I, you nothing. Was, the fact that I had to think about it too long just told me my answer. That was the, the consensus was that it was a very bad name. Yeah. Speaking of bad game names, I see something coming out on October 29th. Yes, another terrible game name. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster coming to PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. That wasn't the game that I thought was the bad yeah. game name, honestly, of the two that are coming out on that, that day. Um, <laughs> this is a game that, that nobody that wanted. such a mouthful. Nobody wanted this game. Where the hell is Shin Megami Tensei 5? People I do not approve. Shin Megami Tensei games. Yeah, I don't play them. I know nothing about them, honestly. Other game coming out October 29th is Watch Dogs Legion. Coming to Stadia. <laughs> and, awesome. And? That'll, that's the definitive edition, right? I mean, I'll tell you one Does thing. Does anything else matter? When I, when I play Watch Dogs Legion, I will play it on Stadia. I, that is my guarantee to you. I'm putting $1,000 down on that. There was a comment by the CEO of Stadia, if you can believe that there is a CEO, CEO for Stadia. I mean, someone has to make all the bad decisions. And he, he mentioned that, you know, really, people need to purchase that license to stream a game. Not just the streaming service, but they really should purchase that license. I don't understand. What? I, I, what? <laughs> So, you know, you got to pay that $60 for the game plus that $15 monthly subscription. It just makes sense to him. I don't think I really understand how Stadia is supposed to work, so none of what you just said means anything to me. I thought it was a platform that you bought and you had a subscription and the games were just there. Is that not what Stadia is? No, imagine imagine that you pay $15 a month for your Spotify subscription, and on top of that, you spend $10 a month for each new album. Or you spend ten dollars to buy an album. Wait, that is basically out. what he's suggesting. Imagine you pay about sixty dollars a year for a subscription service, and then pay sixty dollars a game for the games that you're playing online on the Xbox or the PlayStation Network. Here's the problem: they're basing their model off of Xbox Live, which at this point is like ten years old. And Xbox has already moved on to the next thing, which is Game Pass, which is such a great deal. And I can't wait to get me an Xbox, whatever they're called, and to pay money for things I don't own. I feel like I can't you know, trust... That was, that was um, sarcasm again. I feel like I can't trust anybody in the gaming industry anymore. You know the only thing I can trust? Is it your gun? <laughs> is it, though? Is that what it is? Can I ask you guys a question? Okay. Sure. Did, did you yes. know that Watch Dogs Legion existed? Did you know this was a game that was in development? Because I did not. Yes. No. I, I did, actually. Like, like what, what is this? in the back of my mind. Where is this game taking it's, place? Why have I not heard more about it's a, it? it? It's the sequel to the Watch Dogs, man. You know, that big hit game that everybody loved. People liked Watch Dogs, too. That was a really well-received game, I thought. Hold on, I thought this was Watch Dogs 2. Maybe I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, joke boy. landed. Watch Dogs, uh, what are what, you doing? What's the next game, Piddle? Uh, last game coming out this week. Well, last game worth talking about. October 30th, Pikmin 3 Deluxe coming to the Switch. Is this like the third time this game is coming out now? Only the second. 
Uh, I played I played the demo. Um, I just got the demo the other day. I I was actually really enjoying the co-op play with my wife, who is really into the Pikmin games, and I I like me some Pikmin too. Uh, some and I also like me some Pikmin also. Um, and Pikmin three is a uh, is a fun game, and uh, I enjoyed the demo, and I'm looking forward to uh, to picking this one up again. Even if I'm paying sixty dollars, which is too much money, but I don't care. Damn you, Nintendo! I'm probably gonna pass just because I. I have it on my Wii U. I, I need I need something to use my Wii U for. Same Xenoblade Chronicles X, baby. Pass on it. Yeah, I have Hyrule Warriors on it too. So, there's that. oh man, can't wait for Age of Calamity though. Still super pumped for that. All right, so next segment: gaming news headlines that will age poorly. Thank you guys for giving me this segment. First up. <laughs> Nintendo has decided to discount single Joy-Cons from $50 to $39.99. The, high, the, the problem with that is not the headline. It's the fact that they've announced that it is a dated, post-dated, whatever, reduction. It's not, hey, from here on forward, it's dropped $20. It's, hey, on November 11th, in three weeks, we're dropping the price. How are you going to make an announcement like that and not just immediately slash it? Like, why why is that? It, it does seem a little strange that, that they would do something like this. But believe it or not, this is not an unprecedented territory for this company. Uh, approximately nine years ago, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the Nintendo 3DS, not doing so well. It launched at an extremely high price, I believe $300, and they announced, or maybe it was 250 but they announced a, a price drop and uh, it was not effective immediately. It was effective like three weeks later. And it was a bigger price drop than this. So it's just, it's weird that they've done this many times now. Okay, but when they did that, they also announced the Ambassador Program, where if you bought it at the higher price, you got a bunch of games. What are we getting for getting these controllers early? If you buy a Joy-Con now for $50, the joystick is guaranteed to work for exactly six months longer than if you bought it two weeks from now. I have that uh, I have that triple sourced from my uncle at Nintendo, my dad at Nintendo, and I also <laughs> got a job at Nintendo, and uh, it is triple sourced. You see, you can trust me. You can trust, for, the, for the, all the Nintendo news you can trust, uh, forget Emily Rogers, Spiegel Wee has you covered. Spiegel Weegers. By the way, speaking of Wii, can you believe that there was a period of time where we were spending $40 for Wii remotes? Yes. Just yeah. wanted to put that out there. Remember uh, the Wave Bird? 30 bucks. Speaking of, Th- speaking of 30 glorious. bucks at Target. 30, 30 bucks. bucks at Target. That was a deal. It was 35 bucks everywhere else, but if I recall, 30 bucks at Target. You know, before the Wave Bird, people thought wireless controllers were lame. Yep. Crazy. Crazy yeah. times. The pre-2000s. Games like The Bouncer were coming out and just grabbing all the headlines, and then the Wavebird came along and changed everything. Speaking of the pre-2000s, Nintendo has decided to localize an old game that everybody's been clamoring for for the Nintendo Switch. Fire Emblem, the original one from the NES. They did this already. 
Fire they? Emblem Shadow Dragon is a game that exists on the DS that is a remake of this game. They did this already. But don't you want to play the NES They're... original? A game that came out 30 years ago for the first time. 30 localized. Years... You can buy a $50 version of it that doesn't come with a game. It's amazing. 30 years ago, this game comes out. They want us to play this pixel art chiptune garbage. Well, no, hold on, hold on. Are you when, implying that, pix- that pixel art and chiptunes are garbage? Because I have issue with that. That's not my issue with this release. I'm implying that charging, like, what, 40-ish, 30 maybe, dollars for a digital edition, and then $50, $60 for a collector's edition, for a 30-year-old game that has no updates... I I'm going to have to stop you right up. there. It's not $30. It's like $7. Oh, is it? Do you want me to cut all no that way. so you don't embarrass yourself? No, leave it in. I feel better about it now. Okay, I'll leave but it this, in. Leave but it they in. did this already. Fire Emblem DS. Drink more eggnog. I am. <laughs> oh, it's all over my face now. Oh, I spit it all over my microphone. Oh. Lick it off. Lick it off. Okay, cut this. No. No. It's, it's all staying in. Pedal, what do you think about Fire Emblem, you. Shadow Dragon, and the Warrior they... of, of Blades and of Cold Steel? The, the Shining. The shining you already blade. know what I think about this. Not really. Because I am salty. I am salty that they chose to localize this again. When they could have localized uh, something far more important. Mother, Mother 3. Mother 3. Yeah, we all Where knew is it, it was coming. Where? I, I say this proposal. because I, I recently purchased the uh, I, I recently I, I, purchased the fan guide for Earthbound, and I, I I already own the fan guide for Mother Three, and they are incredible pieces of art. I know you're a supreme nerd. I don't care about Mother. I want to talk about Fire Emblem. Here's my more. suggestion, okay? You want Mother Three to get localized? Here's what you do: don't buy Fire Emblem. Everyone knows that online petitions work. Make it happen, Nintendo fans. Make it happen, bombers. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon was already localized, so it was easier for them to localize Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Shining Blade than it was for them to localize Mother 3, because they did the work already back in 2000, whenever this game came out. You know, the fans already did the work. The fans yeah. did the work for Mother pay 3. Pay the Just fans. Pay them. Pay them. Sonic Mania. The fans did Sonic the work. Mania up the, in this thing. They, the, the fans did the work for Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. You don't think these Fire Emblem games don't have fan translations floating around all over the everywhere i don't know what i don't know why nintendo hates its fans so much speaking of um we have another headline that i'd like you to read next piddle why why do you want to trigger me like this (laughs) it's so good for me (laughs) next next headline is that minecraft will now require migration to microsoft accounts in order to play it (laughs) uh this makes me happy because I just went through a I just went through a three four week ordeal with Mojang in order to migrate my original Minecraft account to a Mojang account. And Mojang. now I'm gonna have to migrate it to a Microsoft account. Whatever. Uh to me, this means another reason not to play Minecraft. I mean really Microsoft has owned Mojang for seven years now. The fact that it took them this long to finally push this is kind of impressive. I just I expect more issues. I expect I doubt, this to be. I a doubt pain it will be ass. too problematic because it's it's going to be mostly on on their side. Like they're doing these all in batches 
for everyone all at once. So it's going to be a process as opposed to your thing where you had to like figure it out piecemeal. You know and... what this really is? This is really Microsoft's Trojan horse to get everybody to sign up for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And if you have an Xbox Game Pass or an Xbox Live account, you've already got a Microsoft account. So who cares? Who cares? They've already got their hooks in you. Your life was signed away. Did you read the terms of service? No, no one reads those things. Microsoft owns you now. You are Tim Schafer. I, I don't understand why we. I don't understand I why. Over. Why do we cover Microsoft news on this show? I I, I genuinely would like <laughs> to know. It's, it's it's all my fault. It's literally my fault. We've talked so much Microsoft like I, on this episode, and I don't want to talk about them anymore. They are dead to me. <laughs> all right. On like every well, level. Let's move on then. Let's talk about Nintendo again then. Yeah, let's talk about Nintendo again. It's you like specifically, Nintendo, right? Specifically what Michael Pachter recently said about Nintendo. <laughs> this was in an interview with Gaming Bolt. Speaking with Gaming Bolt in a recent interview, Pachter said that the Switch's hybrid concept isn't one that gets a lot of use and that the smart thing for Nintendo to do would be to drop the console side of things and turn the Switch into a purely handheld device. I don't really understand the whole hybrid concept, Pactor told Gaming Bolt. I think that was something Iwata did to differenti- uh, differentiate the Switch. And he wanted to have a console that could go back and forth from console to portable. But I don't think most people played in both modes. I would say that maybe 20% of Switch owners play both modes. And I think most Switch owners play it handheld only. So honestly, I don't see the whole point of the hybrid. Who cares? Play it as a handheld. And Nintendo isn't that smart. There's all kinds of problems with that quote. Uh, first of all, uh, first of all, this is this is clearly a clickbait. It's a clickbaity thing. I I believe is the main purpose of this. First of all, where does he get his numbers that only twenty percent of people play it both? Because uh, doesn't Nintendo haven't they released their own internal numbers saying it's like fifty five percent handheld, forty five percent docked? Like wasn't that a pretty recent figure that they re- they themselves released? And yeah, then secondly, percent of statistics are made up, you know. Abraham Lincoln said that. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I lost my train of thought. Damn you. <laughs> I, I ruined you. And also, congratulations, Michael Pachter, because you don't get it. That means it's true. Well, it's, it's you funny. You don't understand it's, why. It's funny. He's like, I think this is something that they did because Iwata wanted to do it. Of course it was something they did because Iwata wanted to do it. Iwata was the president of the company when they were coming up with the concept. So, like, what, what does that even mean? Yeah. He he also mentioned uh he mentioned that maybe they should offer a fire stick style dongle that you can plug into your TV to play the Switch. Don't they already have that? It's called the dock and you plug in the Switch to play it on your TV. I think what he's really yeah. suggesting is that they create the Vita TV. Oh, that was a big success. That was a big success for Sony, the Vita TV. Oh man, that was huge. Now. I mean, the Vita in general was huge. Steambox? He went a Steambox? <laughs> Steambox. God, that thing. Uh, what a misguided <laughs> thing that was. Uh, th- this whole thing doesn't make any sense. And to throw Nintendo isn't that smart on the end is clearly just him trying to rile up Nintendo fanboys. This entire this Bananas. entire statement is, is complete and utter nonsense. And I don't dislike Michael Pachter. This is totally insane. And to Michael Pactor, mission accomplished. You have riled up the fans. 
Are people Nintendo upset? isn't that smart, which is why they're making money dollars over fist through all of these Switch sales for something that nobody understands what's the point of it. And people just keep buying it, and it's not staying in stock because Nintendo's not that smart. I honestly think I understand how Michael Prachter makes his money now. Gaming Bolt went to him said, hey, can we do an interview about Nintendo? And you're just going to say something stupid and get us some clicks because we could really use those clicks. Yeah, who the hell is Gaming Bolt? Yep. Can we get an interview with Michael Pack? Let's. Ha- you know what, Michael? If you're listening, <laughs> exactly. I know you are. Let's get you on this podcast, bro. I would love to talk to you about Nintendo we and promise. how stupid they are. Because uh, I, frankly, uh, we could use the clicks. But by the way, Michael, uh, we will not pay you in money. We will pay you in exposure. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll buy you some Taco Bell. Exposure is the universal. <laughs> Exposure is universal currency. Clicks. <laughs> I think Michael Pactor should come here and talk to us about how smart Microsoft is for their uh, Ultimate Game Pass. Because if Nintendo's dumb, Microsoft must be smart. This I'm is sure the worst. This is the worst episode of Bombers of all time. I refuse to let it go. And and Moving you know on. why? Because the bombers <laughs> aren't that smart. Yeah, and and be portable, you know, only twenty percent of people listen to bombers on their PCs, so we really shouldn't even be releasing the podcast on platforms that can only be listened to on PC. Like it should really be phone exclusive, and uh, because eighty percent is you know obviously better than a hundred percent in terms of making money. Like you definitely want to cut your user base uh, by twenty percent every time you do anything and make any business decision. Twenty percent is. Not a relevant number, and uh, frankly, it, it shouldn't even count. The Nintendo shouldn't even shouldn't even be trying to make twenty percent more money because t- if you only make eighty percent of the money, if you think about it, eighty percent is actually better than a hundred in terms of money. So because Nintendo just isn't that smart. I'm not a smart man, but I'm pretty sure a hundred's bigger than eighty. It's not actually if you think about it. Like if you really think about it. Like, I think they just wanted to make 100% of the money because Iwata wanted to do that. Like, I think that's what he really wanted. Oh, man. And I don't think that Nintendo is that smart because they wanted 100% of the money rather than 80 And I 100% want to move on <laughs> to the Minish recap. Probably, probably the best decision <laughs> you've made this entire podcast moving on from that. Uh, you know, but but honestly, like, don't you think Bombers is better when you know eighty percent of the talking is done when by we move me on to the next... as opposed to a hundred percent of the talking being done by me? But I just think you guys aren't that smart, and you just want a hundred percent of the talking I, to be done. You know, by I'm me. asserting my ten percent uh, right now, uh, Piddle. You know what I played this past week? <laughs> Please do tell. Uh, video games, actually, I played some video games. Really? Not what what percentage of your time would you say you spent playing video games? Uh, because I really think that if you spend 80% of your time playing games, you're a more well-rounded individual than if you spent 100% of your time playing video games. I mean, that one is actually factually. Damn it, you got me there. All right, what games did I, you play? All right, I played some Doom Eternal because I followed into Doom Eternal off of our October Game Club game of Doom 2016. I was a little rough on it in my first game session last week, but this week's game session, I got pretty bot full in. Uh, Spiegel, you know, I ripped on it a little bit in last episode. This episode, I really have nothing but praise for about 80% of the game. 
and then the boss fights suck. So what you're saying is that 80% of the game is is worth playing, but 100% of the game is really not. And if you if you do the boss fights, you're really just not that smart. Yes. Word for word, you can quote, put deg at the end of that statement. Okay. Because I, I said it. The gameplay, the, the general gameplay loop and the gameplay flow of all of the arenas and the fights is smooth. Like, I was complaining about how it gets interrupted with cutscenes. It do, That happens occasionally. It, it do, it's not as bad once you actually get further in because they don't have to, quote-unquote, teach you as much. Um, and, and it's fun. It's frenetic. It's fast-paced. The movement tech is much more evolved than in Doom 2016. You get your double jump straight out of the gate. You have a double dash move that you can use for dodging and for traversal and stuff. And you're just zip, zap, bibbidi, bap all over <laughs> the arenas fighting. It's great. Do you, you make those sound Doom effects yourself or or the, or the zip, zap, bibbidi, pap? Is that in the game? Or do you have to do that yourself? It's a, it's a, uh, it's about 80% me, 20% the game. Oh, okay. Because well, if you made 100% of the sound effects yourself... Deg- <laughs> I humbly request that Deg upload a 30 second clip of Doom Eternal gameplay with just his voice dubbing all the like scatting over the, the sound. Sa- yeah like making all the sound effects like uh you remember the, like the, whose lines did anyway the game where like Colin and Ryan would do the sound effects like do it like that yeah yep. yeah um, one of the greatest sound effects in the game and I'm specifically calling this one out because it makes me giggle every time is that when you headshot a demon, it literally goes. It's the best. Like like a wood it's block, like, like a. I love it. Like a like a like like you like. like the head just went. How are you making that it. noise? I want to see. I, yeah, show show me your mouth. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Oh god! It is something that only eighty percent of bombers can do. <laughs> can you guys roll your tongue into a taco? Oh, this is great—a good audio medium content right there. I'm not—I refuse to look at your camera. Look at the camera, Deg. What else did you play? I no, I'm not done with Doom Eternal actually because no, you are. That's done. no, I'm not because that's the good part. But then the boss battles are slow in these tiny little areas. Against enemies that have invulnerable cycles. The bane of all video game play. Hey, wait for it to open up and reveal its weak point so that you can hurt it over this short period of time. And for the rest of it, you literally can do nothing to it and you're just waiting. It's Zelda boss fights in Doom. It sucks. I hate it. I'm confused. Are you saying that Zelda boss fights aren't good? Because that doesn't seem like that's a very on-brand statement for you. I'm saying that Zelda boss fights are good in Zelda because they're puzzle bosses and Zelda's a puzzle-style adventure game. Doom is a frenetic, fast-paced shoot-everything-until-it-dies and to slow that pace down into what is essentially not even a good puzzle, it's just wait. It's like fighting the Stalfos in uh, Ocarina of Time where there's no actual, like, puzzle. I'll get to you, Piddle. I'm, I'm making my point. There's no actual, like, puzzle solving. It's just wait until they lift their sword up so you can hit them. And the Zelda series has evolved past that and become better beyond that. That was the starting point. That was when (laughs) 
All right, go ahead. <laughs> just, I'm, done, I'm done complaining. <laughs> we're making all of these weird hand gestures at Deg to get him to try to wrap up his point, and and as we're making the gestures, it just it. <laughs> this episode is just we need to abort the ex- it now no the exasperation we it'll go keep going forward i'm just gonna agree on the puzzle part of it because playing doom 2016 getting the bfg 9000 yeah i felt like an idiot for a solid like five minutes because i'm like what do i do and until spiegel literally told me what to do because i'm in the mindset of just you know just shoot stuff kill stuff and then the game is asking me to figure out this environmental puzzle and i just wasn't in in that mindset so it is very strange to go from that heavy action portion of that game specifically you're talking about the bfg is a great example because you go into this room and you're told that okay you have to go on this platform and then there's these lasers coming down and they're going to kill you if they touch you so you have to figure out where to jump before they touch you okay fine but then when you get to the spot you're like okay well now what do i do i'm just standing here i can't go back to the center platform because the lasers are coming down so what do i do just keep coming yeah, they don't stop. They don't like blow up the tank or anything with the BFG in it. So it is a very strange sensation to be asked to switch so quickly from heavy action to puzzle. Uh, I will agree with you there that it doesn't seem to make a ton of sense that it, it, that yeah. they went that direction. Now imagine that the puzzle was literally just to sit there for 20 minutes until the thing actually exploded instead of solving a puzzle. Why and do, that's what the boss fights feel like. Why do I turns. get the sense that you're exaggerating just a little bit? Only way to know is really if kind of not, though, is the disgusting part. Because you're combining the boss battle bullet sponginess with the wait through the invulnerable cycles. And it takes like 20-ish minutes if you do it perfectly. It, for me, at least, playing on ultraviolence, it took forever, even with dying a couple of times. But now, now I'm done talking about Doom. So now we're ready to talk about this game I've never heard of. Which is? Animal Jackbox. Crossing? I mean, oh, is it st- oh, is it still me? Yeah, Jackbox. Okay. What is that? You don't know Jackbox? Jackbox, nope. like, uh, they had the old no, Jackbox puzzle games back in the day. You don't know Jack. And, and then now it's Jackbox. It's, that was it. It was You Don't Know Jack. And now it's Jackbox, which is the Jackbox party pack games, where it's just a bunch of like multiplayer stuff where only one person has to own it. Everybody else just puts a room code into Jackbox.tv, either on their smartphone or on the PC, and suddenly they're playing the game. So it's a way to do large group party things, either in a single setting or through streaming. And it's all a bunch of weird, fun, word gamey type of things. Um, Jackbox Party Pack 7 just came out last week. We streamed it a little bit on the This Is Bombers Twitch channel with some of the friends of the show. And it was a blast. And I would like to do more of it. And Piddle, if you've never played it, you should join in on one of our Jackbox sessions. So is this game like a... Is it like a a mature game? Like, are there jokes about intercourse and and doing cocaine bumps off of car keys it's like i was doing right before the podcast it's as mature <laughs> yeah it's as mature as the people that are playing it okay so because all of the it I just asks it's asking you like come up with a lie and then you just type in your thing and your lie could be like one time i stole a balloon and the other thing could be like <laughs> one time i was balls deep in a hog 
well, you have to come up with a lie though. That that would that, that would. You that mean would... you never stole a balloon? You never. Uh, uh, okay, that that one was the truth. You caught me. Stole a balloon once. Ugh, shameful. <sighs> what was the other game you played this week? And Thank I you. I got back into Animal Crossing. Why? Are you harvesting turnips? Harvesting turnips? No, turnips are dead. This is all about a very new type of vegetable because it's pumpkin season and there are pumpkins that you can grow in Animal Crossing. Oh, boy, that was gross. That was an eggnog burp. Eggnog. There are pumpkins that you can grow and harvest in Animal Crossing to make uh, pumpkin-themed, Halloween-themed things. So I built a corn maze slash hay maze in my village that I eventually would like to have some bombers people come and try and solve and get candy and we'll have a fun time and it'll be great because the Animal Crossing is still relevant. Well, that was going to be my question is how does this make Animal Crossing, or rather, how does it keep the game relevant? I have not touched Animal Crossing since probably June. And uh, I, I mean, I, I played so much of it that I'm just burnt out. Like, I guess the question is, do you believe that the that the rollout of content over time has been a more effective method of of keeping people engaged in the game, or do you think that it's it really just caused a lot of people to burn out? Do you think people are really getting into this update, or is it just you? I think it's really honestly functionally no different than any of the other Animal Crossings, aside from the fact that you can't time travel to check the stuff out. But if you're playing the old Animal Crossings the way you're quote-unquote supposed to, it was a slow rollout of content anyway. It's just I that it was all a, there on the disc instead of coming point, in actually. updates. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Damn, you just kind of blew my mind, so... to be honest with you. I don't... <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what to, to say. That, do you? No. Wow, I'm I'm questioning everything now. So I don't think that I'm in the minority. I think maybe you are. Or maybe it's just there are people who are Animal Crossing long stays and people who aren't. And that's not to say anything bad about either of them. I would think that like 80% or so of people time travel in Animal Crossing and maybe the other 20, you know, just maybe play it the right way. But don't you think it'd be better if like 100% of people were time traveling all the time or like 100% were time traveling 80% of the time uh, because the other 20 just aren't that smart. Well, I had a response, but you dumbed it out of my brain. Personally, I think that probably 20% of people are not that smart and uh, get Pokemon Shield, and 80% get Pokemon Sword, which has it's a, a bunch blow. of new content, supposedly. Spiegel, can you tell us about that that new content? Yeah. Yeah, so and, and, I which, and if you and if you uh, subscribe to the twenty percent or the eighty percent, yeah, so we're not going to talk about that. So I I have Pokemon Shield, uh, but and there is new content, but it's for both games, Piddle. It's not just for Pokemon Sword. Um, actually, to be honest with you, the new content came out today. It's uh, called the Crown Royal, or the Crown Royale. I'm not sure what it's. No, it's not called either of those things, is it? It's, it's called like Tundra or something. Crown Crown Tundra, not Crown Royal. That's something else entirely. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm drinking during this podcast, apparently. Um, no, the the uh, what the hell was I talking about? Pokemon DLC came <laughs> wow. out, 
And uh, God, someone just take this segment away from me and we can just do the whole thing over. Or maybe I won't cut any of this either. And this can just be... Don't cut any of it. This is gold. All right. I won't cut any of it. It's Bombers After Midnight at Bombers After Dark. Where Spiegel... Something about Pokemon, right? Pokemon? Where, where Spiegel Pokemon, is, Pokemon. is not not inebriated whatsoever, but is doing a great impression of it. Um, all right. <laughs> Pokemon After Dark Making is me a, wish I was is DLC inebriated. where you go to the frozen tundra land of, of Great Britain, I guess, and you catch more Pokemon. But um, I got to say, I'm having a little bit of a problem. I'm getting really depressed when I pick Pokemon up now. I pick it up and I'm like, man, I play this game so mechanically now. I don't there I find no joy in playing a new Pokemon game or any new Pokemon content. I've already caught all the Pokemon, so I'm not really interested in doing these new legendary quests. I don't really care about the battles that much, like with the trainers that I've met over the adventure, because I don't really like the trainers that I've met over the adventure. They're all kind of boring and milk toasty. And it's like, why can I not enjoy Pokemon anymore? Why does it bum me out so much? Welcome to the reason I have not played Pokemon religiously since Gold and Silver. But why, though? Why does it Why does it bum us out? Why can we not return to that original sense of adventure that we got playing those games? Is it us? Is there something wrong You're with old. us? Deg, what do you think? You are old. Deg is old, too. What do you think? As, yeah, I'm old, and as as is... As is- I believe well documented among do- the bombers lore. Um, I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. I'm one of those weird old Gen Oneer type of losers, where I played red and blue, and I played silver and gold, and then I took a break until Sun and Moon. And Sun and Moon was honestly kind of disappointing, but I thought it was going to be good. And I actually had fun with Sword and Shield. And I think that's because I'm not ankle deep, not ankle deep, elbow deep. Well, how's the phrase deep. goes? How does English words? Balls. I'm not balls deep <laughs> in a in a squealing Pokemon. Um, you're not. Jeez, <laughs> you're not. Uh that felt awful to say. Because um, I'm not so deep into to it. I don't. I, have, I don't have a living decks. I don't have Pokemon Home or any of that stuff. I don't have Pokemon to transfer from the old game. So when I go in. It's a whole new Pokemon experience. I'm in there. I got to catch them all. And it's fun. It's fun to, to recapture and rekindle some of that childhood joy of just finding Pokemon and throwing my balls at them. So, <laughs> maybe. For the, like, maybe the third or just, fourth maybe time you this need podcast, a break. you've left me entirely speechless. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, no, maybe you're right. You know, maybe it is a, an issue that I'm that I personally have, where I am so locked in to the fact that I have a living Dex that I need to maintain. I have all these old Pokemon that I caught in the previous games that have to come with me. There is, and then it's like it's just such an exercise in. It's just it's like a chore now. I just I don't it- know. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I have uh, to go all Buddhist and as, give all my possessions, all my Pokemon, just give them away and just start over fresh. And maybe that's that what will get me uh, enjoy it again. The reason I gave up on Pokemon is just I picked up Diamond Pearl and tried to get into it. And one of the ways to get a Pokemon I wanted was so tedious. I was just, I'm done. I basically quit right there. I don't know. Yeah, I... And coming from, I mean, speaking from the outside, like, 
not transferring up like one with them not having the full Pokedex in Galar anyway. There's no real pressure to actually have every single Pokemon on me personally from where I'm coming from. I guess it's ironic that you say yeah. that. I, I'm sorry, it's ironic that you say that because the the fact that not every Pokemon is available, I think, is what's making it feel so much like a chore just to play the game. Because it's like I have all these guys. So there's no joy in me catching them again because I already have them and I can't even bring them into this game. I think there's something to be said for not wanting to lose all the time that you've put into those old games. But Hundreds of hours. They're old games. Like Whenever you start a new game of any other thing, you don't bring your progress forward to that. I think I have the solution for Spiegel. Kill yourself. And that is, if you are depressed... Don't a great kill way to get yourself out of that is to exercise. Don't, don't. That was bad advice. <laughs> a great way is to get some exercise. So, oh, look at that. It looks like you are oh, getting man. some exercise right now. That was a what game are you playing, professional Steve? segue. Wow. That, I didn't even see that coming. I'm playing. Yeah, it was I, you disgusting. Know, it's, it's well documented on this podcast that for the last year, I have been trying to get my hands on a copy of Ring Fit Adventure for the Nintendo Switch. And guess what, gents? I finally have it. And my Joy-Con is fixed, so I can finally play it. And I have some news for you. It freaking works. And it is impressive. Like, I am genuinely blown away in a way that I have not been by a piece of hardware maybe ever i mean not counting like the switch itself but like the the ring con is unbelievable the way it works i have a question yeah how does it compare to we fit it's mm-hmm. not even it's not even in the same league we fit is like the girl that you pick up at a shady bar at like 2 a.m because you're lonely and you're piddle and ring fit adventure is like a multi-millionaire who's like way smarter than you and but it's also kind of fun and uh, doesn't suck. Uh, not in a, down, not in a yeah. bad way. Anyway. Oh. Oh, I get it. It's clever. Anyway, I did about half an hour yesterday, my first playthrough, and I was tired. I, I did the intense difficulty uh, because I'm crazy. And I, I'm out of shape, so the intense difficulty, maybe not the best decision. But, uh, man, I... I if you want to get in shape, I don't know that Ring Fit Adventure is going to get you in shape, but maybe with some other exercise routines, like maybe a light jog every day too, or maybe just eating right. Uh, I'm going to try to do Ring Fit Adventure you know, all the time, five or six days a week, and see where I am in a year. And when we do Bombers a year from now, when we've got 50 more episodes under our belt, we can check back in with my Ring Fit Adventure progress, and uh, we'll see how, how I did and see if uh, the game sticks, because right now I'm having a great time. It's part platformer. It's part RPG. It's an exercise game that is fun and it works. And I, I genuinely can't believe that it's as good as it is. It's like the rock band of exercise games. Looks like I'm going to have to pick up a copy somehow. You, you, should, you should try it when you come to my house. Like just, just play around with it a little bit. There's a bunch of different modes. Right. I, just did, I just did the adventure mode, but there's like a, dis- there's like a mode called... Um, uh, it's called like distraction mode or something, and you can like watch TV or something while you do it. I don't even understand how it works, oh. but uh, yeah, it's crazy. So speaking of your house, the other day we had a big game of Fortune Street over at your house. What a goat! 
Love that game so much. It may be our last game. It may not be our last game. I don't know. I can't imagine a scenario in which I ever play Fortune Street again because of the epic nature of that game. Like, it felt like a great way to tie everything together and just kind of end it. Um, let's uh, let's describe how this game went down a little bit. Of course, everyone knows Fortune Street. We talk about it constantly, almost yep. more than Taco Bell on this podcast. But what did we do, Pedal? What did we do stocks? What did we do to make this game special? Well, we finally did a custom game instead of one of the tour games and set the win, uh, the net worth value to 100K. Normally, it's like 20 to maybe 30K. So it was way up there. And we picked, uh, who do we pick for our computer opponents? Well, we picked picked two really good, uh, like, so that each of the computers has a different difficulty setting, basically. We picked uh, Dragon Lord from Dragon Quest. Uh, We picked Peach, uh, also from Dragon Quest. And we picked Slime uh, from Super Mario Brothers 2, I think. And um, then we just we went at it. A uh, hundred a hundred thousand gold for the win condition. And really, I kind of expected the game to take longer than it did, uh, which is unbelievable because I think it took us what five and a half hours, Piddle, to get through the entire thing. Yeah, uh, the other win condition that we set it to was instead of one bankruptcy, we set it to three bankruptcies. So everybody, yeah. everybody had to go bankrupt. The goal was that, that we wanted we to. Won. The goal was that we wanted to bankrupt everybody. We didn't want to get to the bank with a hundred thousand gold. We wanted to bankrupt everybody. And man, it took forever to bankrupt people. It was ridiculous. It really was. Uh, I think one thing that really fascinated me was Peach totally dominated a section of the map very early in the game. Had a spot that was twelve thousand uh, in rent if you paid if you landed on it. And nobody ever landed on it. It was beautiful. Well, everyone was just avoiding it, you know, because that's the one thing about Fortune Street is that nobody will ever land on your big ticket properties because it seems like there's always a way to avoid them. And uh, that's that's one of the elements, I think, about Fortune Street that I like a lot is the ability to avoid those big ticket spaces because it's not luck-based in that regard. Like, there is some luck in that game. But I think ultimately what we discovered with, with doing that is, look, if, if you're playing Fortune Street, there's always a way forward. There is always a way to make a comeback. And, uh, I mean, we were, we were down significantly, like very early. Uh, and, and we did it. We freaking did it. And it was amazing. It was like the Ring Fit Adventure of Fortune Street games. Deg, you should have been there. It was so good. So I good. wish that I had, since apparently this is the final game of Fortune Street because it was so good. And you'll oh, never be you're able to top it, and it's so putting salty. a bow on it. And I was, have a little. It sounds like it was such a good time. <laughs> I was telling Spiegel afterwards that we should, when we get together again and have four people, Yumi, Zyber, Spiegel, all in one room, we should just spend a whole day Fortune Street, set the win conditions to maximum, the absolute highest they can go three bankruptcies and just see how long it takes see who comes out ahead or conversely see who has the most money whenever we get bored and murder each other in real life honestly we probably would murder each other before yeah beating for that sure game, but i think uh fortune street is approximately 80 percent fun and 20 percent like really annoying because you really don't want it to be a hundred percent fun because if it was a hundred percent fun, you know the other game that is about twenty percent fun and eighty percent tedium, 
the other game I played was Super Mario Brothers 35. I played it a lot this week. Why? It's 20% fun, 80% tedium. How many times have you I played mean, World 1-1 now in your life? 10 million? 20 million? 80% of your life? 